during crisis, during times of like what we're facing as this global pandemic, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, right? And so for the last weeks, we've been addressing that. What happens when there's uncertainty? What happens when there's crisis? Uh, when, when we feel out of control, uh, we, we can tend to make uh, unwise decisions, poor decisions, poor choices, if we're not careful. And so we're really addressing that. My, I think my biggest concern right now as I talk to people and as I engage even for myself personally is the mental health of this, right? We're eight weeks in, and it's beginning to now affect a lot of people in different ways. And so if that's you today, I really want to just encourage you and, and speak directly to you because I believe today is going to encourage you and challenge you to maybe begin to think differently and allow God to work in your life. But when, we're, when we face these challenges, as you know, we all, uh, go, when we go through change, we all um, face it in different ways. And so um, whether it's something that's very simple for you, easy for you, or maybe it's very difficult, uh, we can all get better at, at learning how to um, change the way we're, we're, we're processing and thinking about things, all right? And so um, we're going to talk about that. Last week I said this. I said what happens inside of us is more important than what happens on the outside of us. So everything that's going on on the outside, um, what's happening on the inside is much more important than what's happening on the outside. And we have to take care of that. We have to make sure that we pay attention to it. Um, I heard a story, and I want to read this story for you. Um, it's about a parakeet named Chippy, and um, this week I, I heard it because I, I think maybe it'll resonate a little bit with us, right? And when, when we face things that are uncertainty, when, when things come out of the blue, unexpected, uh, it affects us. And uh, this is this is uh, what happened to Chippy the parakeet. All right, uh, Chippy the parakeet, he never saw it coming. One second he was perched peacefully in his cage. The next he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. See, the problem began when Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. Any, any owners out there doubt about that? Uh, she moved the, from the, the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the cage, and then the phone rang. And she turned to pick it up. She barely said hello when <laughs> Chippy got sucked in. The bird owner gasped, put down the phone, turned off the vacuum, and opened up the bag. And there was Chippy, still alive, but stunned. Since the bird was covered in dirt and black, she grabbed him and raced him to the bathroom, turned on the faucet, and held Chippy under the water to clean him off. Then realizing that Chippy was soaked and shivering, she did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached for the hairdryer and blasted the pet with hot air. Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, the reporter who initially written about the, the event contacted Chippy's owner to see how the bird was recovering. Well, she replied, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. You know, um, it's kind of a funny story about a little parakeet that gets sucked into a vacuum uncertainty, right? Unknown change that happens. Maybe some of you are like that. In the middle of this, you're, you're stunned. You're shocked. You don't know what just took place, what happened. Uh, COVID is kind of like that vacuum that just sucked us up, right? And before we know it, we're in the middle of a lot of drastic change. Um, and we're trying to figure out what is this going to look like? And the truth is, the future might look slightly different. And that's not a bad thing. It's going to just be different. If you look back over 9-11, uh, you know, things changed. I don't even remember this, but before 9-11, you can walk your loved ones all the way up to the gate and say goodbye. After 9-11, you can no longer do that for security measures, right? That's not a bad thing. That's just more safety. It's precautions. So whatever changes during the season, just know that we can, we can move forward. We're going to move on. We're going to overcome. We're going to get better. See, I was listening to a, a few messages that just are trying to challenge me and inspire me during the season of how can I get better? What can I do? And, and I, I heard, I heard a, a John Maxwell talk about the greatest gap between successful people and un- unsuccessful people. He said, there's a lot of different gaps in our lives, right? We, we see these different gaps and we begin to assume that uh, because we don't have certain things that we'll never accomplish certain things. Well, he said, if you know the greatest gap between the successful and unsuccessful people is the thinking gap, the way, they, the way we think. 
our thinking is so, so, so important. You know, when people face a crisis, successful people, they, they know there's always a solution, there's always an answer, no matter what we face. Unsuccessful people, they think there's no answer, there's no solution, they're stuck, they can't control anything, they're stuck with it. So essentially the difference between a, a victor, somebody who wins, and a victim is really how they, how they approach the, the answer for what's going on. See, a victor, they always say there's an answer, there's a solution, we're going to get to this, we're going to overcome. And a victim says, man, there's no hope. I have no choice in all this. I'm just going to just go on with life. I can't do anything different. Right? And we just get stuck, kind of like Chippy the bird, the parakeet. Right? We go through that and we're just stunned, don't know what to do or how to move forward. And so um, the last few weeks we've been reading from the messages of Jesus. So what does Jesus have to say to maybe us today? And so I think sometimes when we read the scriptures, we think like it's, it, it's you know, because the stories are older. Um, 2,000 years ago when Jesus, you know, walked the earth and when he told these stories, and we think like 2,000 years ago, how does that even, you know, apply to us? How is that relevant today? Well, just so you know, the things we're facing now, uh, a couple things that I've learned as when we got into this, the, the COVID crisis is this, is that what we're facing as Americans, a lot of the world, some of the difficulties that we have right now, they face on a regular basis. Maybe we'll have some more compassion for other people, other countries, other people that maybe struggle with things. So one, it, it makes our world a little smaller. We realize that others are out there also struggling. But here's the thing about Jesus, is the time Jesus stepped into history, it was one of the darkest moments in world history. So right now, it could be a dark moment, right? Very difficult. He stepped in an even darker one. The people that he was coming to rescue and help, they were oppressed. They were, they were by, by a, a, a regime, by, by the Roman government. Uh, they weren't free. They had to, to, to give in to everything that they, the Roman government wanted them to do. And so Jesus steps into this, in this moment where these people that aren't free want to be free, and he comes to bring hope. There was a lot of poverty, and there was a lot of uh, hunger, and there was a lot of um, um, just lack of hope when he steps in. And so when we look at the scriptures, you have to understand that in the context, Jesus is stepping in and saying, guys, I know you're struggling, I know you're going through stuff, but I have some answers for you, I have some hope for you, I have some ways to encourage you. And I think when I read Jesus' words, it reminds me that no matter what we're facing, others in history have faced, some, faced something very similar to what we're facing. And they overcame. Maybe it's not exactly the same, but they faced crises also. And we'll talk about some of those later on. But when we look at Jesus' words, he's coming in and he's, he's saying, I want to give you a new perspective. And so for the last three weeks, this will be the third week, we're going to read from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about worrying and anxiety. He says this in Matthew 6. He says, That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink, enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? In the first week, we talked about the flowers, right? He said, look at the flowers. You know, see, see that they, they, there's a, a process God sets emotions and it goes. And they're, they're dressed, they're beautiful. And last week, we talked about the birds, right? Look at the birds. I pray that you've, you've saw a lot of good things throughout the week. Um, that's a good message. If you need, need some encouragement on, on focusing on the right things, that's a good one. Good one. And we talked about the birds and the flowers. And, and, and Jesus said this. He says, the birds, look at them. They're not worrying. And, and, and the comparison was this. He says, why do you have so little faith? When we worry, when we're always worrying about the future, we're always worrying about the unknown, it's, it's, it's tied to our faith, what we're, what we're trusting, what our hope, where our hope is found. And he says this. Don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all, you need, all your needs. Notice that phrase, these thoughts. These things dominate the thoughts of the unbeliever. But God already knows what you need. So he says, so do this. Seek, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today, today's troubles is enough for today. Jesus is teaching and saying, guys, when it comes to life, 
If you'll be intentional and focus on what you can do today, not just on what's going to come down in the future or what's gone on in the past, but if you'll focus on what you can do today and stop worrying about just tomorrow, stop worrying about the future, stop worrying about things you can't control, you'll be more effective. And we said this, that worrying about tomorrow doesn't either help, it doesn't help the future or the past, right? It doesn't, it doesn't fix anything. It only robs us of our effectiveness today. And so notice that Jesus says this. He said, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So the first week, we said, make sure you pay attention, right? The second week, we said, look for the good. Look for the good. Look for opportunities to see what's good in life that's going on right now. And today, I want to talk about our thought life. So he says, these thoughts dominate the unbelievers. Those that aren't trusting God, they're worrying about the future. They're worrying about all these other things in life. And he's saying, these thoughts, these are the thoughts that they're thinking about all the time. So today, I want to talk about our thought life. Um, I, I think that one of the things the scripture really teaches a lot is that um, in our life, if we're going to overcome and, and be successful, it starts with our thoughts, right? Because everything you do begins with a thought. Our thinking patterns, they, they affect our choices, right? And they, the, the way we think, it, it affects the way we act. And the way we act determines our outcomes. Um, so everything we do begins with a thought, what we're focused on, what we're looking at. You know, this last year, uh, but, um, during, during winter, uh, I took my kids skiing. And I'm trying to teach my kids how to ski. And one of the things I, I teach them when they're first learning is I say, whatever you're looking at, whatever direction you're looking, that's where your body's going to go. It's going to follow. So if you're looking at the tree, you're going to go towards the tree. So what we focus on is really important because eventually you're going to get there. Well, I, I read a, a story about this professional skier and a news interviewer was, was interviewing them. And they go so fast and they're going to the trees and, and they're not hitting any trees. And, and the interviewer says, how do you miss the trees? How do you, how do you ski so fast and not hit any of those trees? And the, the professional skier says, well, I don't focus on the trees. I look at the gaps. I look where I'm going. I'm looking, for, I'm, I'm looking at what I want to accomplish, not what I want to avoid. And I think sometimes in life, that's the difference between the successful and the unsuccessful, is the successful are looking at what they want to accomplish, and the unsuccessful are focusing on things a lot of times they can't even change. They're focusing on the trees. They're focusing on things that could cause pain and hurt, and they get stuck focused, and they just go in that direction. Whatever catches your attention is going to eventually lead, lead you to that. You know, what we look at, what we hear, it matters. What you're, what you're listening to. If you're listening to too much negative news, you're going to become a negative person. If you, what, what you listen to is going to dominate your thoughts. It's going to get into your, into, your, into your mind, into your heart. And eventually it's going to impact how you treat others, how you think about life. So it's so, so important that we pay attention to what we, what we, what we focus on, right? Um, those who say, man, it doesn't matter what I listen to or, don't, or, or read or whatever. It's not going to affect me. Those are the people that really want permission to do whatever they want to do because they just want to watch things that are unhealthy and they want to make an excuse for it. But those that understand what, what I pay attention to is so important. This is why businesses will pay millions of dollars to get an idea or a picture in front of us. They're called commercials, right? They'll pay millions of dollars to put an image, an idea in front of us. Why? Because they know that the more we see that, the more we hear that, it has potential to stick and eventually impact our behavior, right? What we repeatedly see and hear it affects what we do. What you repeatedly see and what you repeatedly hear is going to affect what you do and how you what you choose in life. What we're taking in influences, right? What, what is going in? Uh, this is why, why Jesus, when he's talking about on the Sermon on the Mount, even he says, all right, guys, you've heard it this way, but I'm going to tell you, here's how the kingdom of God works. You've been thinking this way. You've been taught this way, but let me tell you a different paradigm. Let me show you how to think differently when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to life. And Jesus was always trying to shift our mindset away from what doesn't work to what does work. To thinking that leads us to, into the trees and thinking that leads us into something that's better. Napoleon Hill, he said this. He said, every adversity, 
every failure, every heartache, it carries within it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Every crisis, everything we face, every difficulty you go in life, right? Every, every difficulty, it's going to carry in it the seed of equal or better benefit. So essentially, what you go through is like a seed that you could plant. And it's either going to produce something really good or it's going to produce something really negative. The choice is ours. Paul tells us in Romans 12 too, he says this, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So Paul says, don't conform to this world. Don't just go, don't just fit in, don't just go with the flow, right? He's saying don't conform to the patterns and the customs of the world, but let God transform you. He's saying God wants to do something in our lives. So when you read scripture, information is important. You want to learn. But the scripture is not about information. It's about transformation. God wants to form us into somebody specific. He wants you to be a specific person that he's designed you to be, to love others, to care for others, to serve others. He, he wants to form in us character and maturity that helps us to become that person. Well, that doesn't just happen with information. It starts there. It happens with the way, by changing the way we think, Paul says. So he says, let God change you into a new person by changing the way you think. You know, eight weeks into this, um, into this crisis, how are you thinking? How's your thought life? What do you focus on? What keeps you up at night? What dominates your thoughts in the middle of the day? Where do your thoughts turn when, you, when nothing else is going on? What's going on inside of our minds is important. And so Paul's saying, if you want to know how to become the person God wants you to become, let God transform the way you think. And then he goes on and says this, then you will learn to know God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. A lot of people out there are always wondering, what is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? A lot of times we don't know because we've not allowed God to change the way we think. We've not allowed him into our lives to begin to form us into the person he wants us to become. See, we're becoming somebody, whether we like it or not. Who are you becoming? Is it a better version of, your, of yourself from yesterday? Or is it a worse version? Is it a better, are you thinking better, are you talking better? Or are you staying the same, are you staying stuck? Or are you becoming worse? What are you becoming in this season? He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. It's an if and then statement. If you let God transform your mind, then you will learn God's will. If you let God work in your life, then you'll begin to understand God's pleasing and perfect will in our lives. So he's saying, let God form in you maturity, a well-formed maturity inside of you that lets you become a leader, lets you become an influencer in this world to do a lot of good. He invites us into this. You know, neuroscientists are now telling us that we have the ability to change thought patterns and things that we think. For a long time, people thought that what you thought and how, the, way you, the way you are was fixed and you were stuck with that. But they found that we can actually begin to change and rewire our brain to think better, to think healthier. Uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, neuroscientist, she says this, as we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. So whatever you're focused on, you're actually physically changing the nature of your brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. That's out of her book called Switch on Your Brain. She said we can, we can rewire the, wire out the toxic patterns and replace them with healthy thoughts. If you're struggling having some, some, maybe some toxic thoughts, unhealthy thoughts, now is the time to say, God, how am I going to rewire my brain? How am I going to begin to focus on the right things, on the good things? You know, when I think of the scriptures and I think about different people God used, I have to ask the question, what were they thinking about? What was in their, their thought process? What was their mindset? Why were they successful and what made them successful? You know, I think of David in the Old Testament. David was a shepherd boy that God used to do great things, right? To become king, to, to, to conquer a giant named Goliath. It's a great story. Why was David so confident in going against a giant? 
a man that was, you know, much bigger than him and, and, and a mighty warrior. Or David was just a shepherd boy. Like, what gave David so much confidence? Well, he had a relationship with God. He had a word from God that one day he was going to be king. His thought life was different than Goliath. His thought life was different than the others that were afraid of Goliath. Why? Because he thought differently. In fact, one of the Psalms that he wrote, he wrote a lot of the Psalms in the Old Testament, Psalm 16:8. he says this, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. What is he saying? God is there. He's present. I'm very aware. My thoughts are with God. He's, he's, he's here. He's with me. And because of that, I will not be shaken. During this season, for you, are you shaken? Maybe it's possible that the thoughts that you're letting in are not the thoughts God wants you to have. Maybe they're thoughts of, of the worst things that could happen. And God is saying, I'm with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk with you through this journey. I'm going to help you in this journey. Um, I think of Paul. Right? Paul, Paul he, he, in prison, he writes his happiest letters to the Philippians, the church in, in Philippi, the book of Philippians. He writes this, this book, this letter to them to encourage them while he's in prison. And one of the things he says is, I've learned the secret to be content. In, in this season, you know, two months in, um, we're starting a new month, May, right? This would be a great time now to begin to maybe change some old habits that we have not been doing good this last month, that we've been telling ourselves we want to do. This is the month to do it. Start doing something, right? I love that the fact that they begin starting to lift some of the, um, some of the restrictions that we can't do. We can now, you know, go out to some state parks and uh, we can go do some more things. And little by little, we'll get some of those more freedoms back. So if, if you're stuck, if you're staying, that, that's your choice. But really, there's options out there that we can begin to, to do something different. And Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, he's saying this. Guys, I've learned the secret to be content. So in this season, if you're not content, um, it's a good chance that you're focused on the wrong thing. If you're not content and you haven't, I would say it like this. Um, if you haven't learned the lesson during these eight weeks um, and you're, you're, you're not content in the fact that you're, you've been learning something, then it's a good chance you haven't learned it yet. That you're waiting just to go on to the next thing. And maybe in the middle of this, God is saying, don't move on too quickly. Learn what you need to learn about yourself. Learn what you need to learn about others before you jump into the next thing. Learn to be confident in what I'm doing in your life. In fact, in that, in that letter, Paul, he says this in Philippians 2.5. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's saying, take on the mind of Christ. So, David, how did he think? Well, he thought differently. He was successful because he thought differently. Paul, why was he so confident? Because he has a different mindset than other people had. He knew that even in the middle of his prison, even in the middle of his isolation, God was still at work. God was still able to do something good. And he, he walked forward in that. And he says, I have confidence in God. I'm content knowing that I can do all things through Christ. What he, and then he gives us the secrets, right? He's saying, in Philippians, he's telling us, this is how I'm confident. Here, this is why I'm, I'm so um, assured. Uh, this is how I've learned the secret, right, of being content. He tells us, man, let this mind that Christ had, the same attitude, the same mindset that Christ had, let it be in us also. So um, in Philippians, um, when he's t- encouraging us, he's saying, change the way you think. In fact, he tells us, think, think, think on these things. And he gives us a list of things that we should think about. He tells us to be, to be aware of what we're thinking, right? That we won't miss what God is wanting to do. It's, 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 um, let, me t- let me tell you a story about um, John Maxwell. He, he told a story this week I listened to about his, his father. Um, and he said his father grew up in this really small town, and in this town, there was three really successful families. Right? They're, they're the ones that owned most of the property and just did really good. Well, his father worked for these, these people when he, was, when he was going through in, in grade school and middle school. And by his junior year, he said his dad figured out what was the difference between these three families and the rest of them. And he said it was what they thought about, the way they thought. 
the way they, the, their thinking patterns, right? The way they thought about life. It was different than the other families in the city. And so, in the town. And so, um, as his dad was growing up, he, he made a decision to begin to think like successful people thought. And so, um, while, while he was going through life, um, you know, we're in this COVID crisis. Well, um, long, while, while back in the early, in the 19, early 1900s, there was the, the Great Depression, right? Well, his dad faced that. He went through that crisis. You know, the Great Depression, where everybody lost lot, pretty much everything. everything. Everything crashed. Everything went really bad. We're south very quickly. Well, in the middle of that, he said his dad, when nobody else had work, his dad had three part-time jobs. His dad found a ways to figure out how to move forward. He looked for opportunities to move forward. In fact, um, he, he tells the story, this is what took place. When everybody was out of work, his dad couldn't find work. And so what do you do? He went to one, one company and he says, hey, can I work for you today? And they said, well, we're not hiring, we don't have money, sorry, we can't have you. He says, no, no, I just want to come and, and add value and be productive so I can, I'll, I'll work for free. Just for today, I'll work for today and uh, that's it, no, no strings attached. And so his, his dad came in and uh, he worked for that day for that, that, for that boss. And at the end of the day, he says, all right, I hope that helped. And, and the boss was like, so grateful and says, I'm, I'm thankful that you worked with us today and I wish we could pay you, but we didn't have nothing. And he says, no worries, but just tell you, tell you something. If something comes up in the next, you know, a few weeks or a few months and, you know, you're looking for some part-time help, would you, would you remember me? And the boss said, yeah, certainly, certainly. So he did this for one whole month. Every single day, he would give his, his whole day to work for a different company, for a different boss, for free. And so at the end of that month, six weeks in or so, um, they begin to, to different, uh, these people he worked for began to call and said, hey, we can't hire right now full-time, but hey, we have eight hours that you can work. Can, can you come in for eight hours this week? And his dad said, sure, I'll be there. And then another company called and said, hey, we appreciate you came that day, and we can't hire for right now full-time, but we'd like to hire you for a little bit, maybe a few hours here this week. Can you come in? He said, sure. So for three, three, for that, for each week, he had three part-time jobs where he was working different hours for different companies. Why? Because he put himself out there. He thought differently than everybody else. Well, everybody else was standing in line trying to get food, right? He was out there hustling and looking to think about something differently. Same people... Two different outcomes. Same situation, two different ways of thinking about it. His dad said, I'm going to go and figure out a way to provide for my family. The other people said, I'm stuck. I can't do anything about this. We're in the middle of it. Two different ways of thinking about this. See, so what is it? I asked last week, what's the difference between a negative and a positive person? We said it's the, what they choose to see, what they choose to focus on, right? The positive is going to see the good in things. They focus on that. The negative person is going to see the negative things, right? They focus on that. Well, the difference between a successful person and an unsuccessful person is what they think about, right? So the difference between those two is what they think about. You know, I, I was thinking about, um, um, you know, different things in life that, that maybe they seem really difficult and challenging until somebody figures out a way to maybe um, use, use something that would help them to enjoy that process. I think about waves, right? Waves in the sea. These massive, big waves that, that come crashing in. And, and as, as, as the storms you know, come in, the waves get even bigger. Can you imagine the first person that said, I want to go try to surf those things? Like These things would, can, could kill people, right? They can destroy people. It's not something you play with. And somebody thought, you know, if I take a board out there and I pedal out there, I think I could turn the negative, what would be negative in the powerful energy into something that would be fun, that would be exciting. And for the first time, they went out there and they, instead of just fighting against the wave and trying to conquer it, they said, I'm going to use the force of the wave to propel me forward into something fun. I think of this COVID-19. It can kind of be like the waves of this world, right? They come crashing. They're very difficult. 
And some people look at the waves and they think it's unrelenting, it's not stopping, it just keeps going on. And all they see is waves and destruction and damage. But there's somebody out there saying, I bet I can use these waves for something fun. I bet I can use these waves in a way that would be productive, that would be like exercise, that would be enjoyable. And there's some people in our world right now that are thinking of ways to say, how can I think about to be able to turn that energy into something that is positive? What can I do? What's our thought process? It's what starts and what we, what, we, what we choose to focus on, what we choose to see. Um, go to two more slides for me, please. So here's, here's my challenge for today, all right? Uh, when it comes to thinking, you know, we all need moments in our day to pause and to, to reflect and ask the question, what is, what, where are my thoughts going? And so my challenge is this. Would you, would you write a reminder? It could be on your phone. It could be on a little sticky notepad. Just somewhere where you can put where you're going to see it a lot during the day. If it's on your phone, maybe every hour. You can just ask this question. What is dominating my thought life? See, Jesus says, the thoughts of the unbeliever, they're dominated by the worries of tomorrow. Right? And Jesus is saying, don't be that person. Don't become dominated by the worries and the thoughts of what you can't control. But be the person that says, what can I do today that's going to be productive? What can I do today that's going to help me become the person God wants me to become? What can I do today to say, God, would you form me into that person you want me to be? Transform the way I think. I invite you into this moment. Can you imagine this week if we all did this? Especially those that maybe right now mentally you're struggling because of the thoughts that are coming and the, and the difficulties you're having. Right? You're missing your friends. You're missing some of the things that you like to do. Well, soon, soon enough, we'll be able to begin to do those things. But until then, don't see it as a negative. See it as a, how can I ride these waves? What can I do in this moment to become the person God wants me to become? May is starting. Use this month to be a month that, say, that you say, I'm going to start doing those things that I've been telling myself I'm going to do. And I'm going to start doing them now. So every, every day, put that reminder on your phone, on a little sticky pad, and ask the question, what is dominating my thought life right now? What is, what is dominating? Because remember, the, the greatest gap between successful and unsuccessful people is the thinking gap. What they're thinking about, the way they approach difficulties, the way they approach different situations. You want to be successful? Change the way you think. Learn from others that are successful. Go, reach out to others that, that um, maybe if, if your marriage is struggling, reach out to some other couples that have marriages and say, we need help. Right? Financially, if you're in the middle of the season, reach out and say, what can I begin to do for this next season? How can I prepare for the future? And then write reminders. Where are my thoughts? And in the middle of it, when you, when you realize that your, your thoughts are going in a negative direction, the Bible says we take captive those thoughts and we make them obedient to Christ. We essentially say, God, this is where my thoughts are going. Help me to have your thoughts. And like David, you can say, because I focus on God, because he's next to me, I will not be shaken. So take the energy. Negative energy is coming our way from every direction and say, how can I use this to something positive? Maybe every time you see a negative news report, It'd be a good way to say, God, what do you think about this situation? Man, I think if we just did that alone, we'd begin to see that there's a lot of reminders that we should ask God for his help. Every time you hear a negative word, a negative news report, a negative thought, what would happen this week if we turned that and said, God, help me to think like you want me to think? What would you be thinking about in this moment? What would Paul be thinking about? What would David be thinking about as he's ready to fight Goliath, as they're facing something difficult? What would they be putting their trust and their hope? this week would you do that change the way you think invite God to lead you and say God give me new thoughts when they go south and they go negative God I pause right now I pray and ask you to help me what is the positive what is the good that I should focus on in this moment 
you know, if you're watching today and, um, you know, as, a, as, a, as the Grove, as a Christian church, we follow the teachings of Jesus. We think he's brilliant. We think he's amazing. That He has answers for our life and how to live, how to treat others. He not just taught us, but he lived it. He showed us an example. And, and being a Christian means that we follow Jesus' example. We're followers of Christ. And today you're watching, and maybe you're out there, you're, you have, you've stopped following him, or you've never followed him, or maybe you're out there and you have no idea of where to go. Right now I'd love to give you an opportunity to say, God, I, I invite you to lead me. See, Christ follower just is a, it's a choice that we make to say, God, I put my trust in you. I follow you. So the Bible uses the word Lord. That there's lordship, right? That he's above, we're below. That we, we follow his lead, that he's our boss. And we, we come alongside and say, God, we, we, we trust you, you lead us. There's a, a passage in Deuteronomy before I ask those that want to pray this prayer. I want to just read it to you. It says this. Deuteronomy 30 says, Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Today, I set before you life or death. And he goes on and says this, Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Every single day, God puts the choice in front of us. Do you want life or do you want death? Do you want blessings or do you want curses? And every single thing that we think, every single choice that we make is going to produce either a blessing or a curse. It's going to lead to life or it's going to lead to death. The choices you make today will produce something in the future, whether for good or for bad. My challenge is, would you choose good? God, would you give me your thoughts to be able to produce the right things? Would you do in my life what you want to do so I can begin to become the person you want me to become? So if you're watching today, you're out there and you're saying, I need hope, I need answers, I'm ready to trust God, I'm ready to take that step of faith and invite God into my life, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer of invitation of relationship saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. God, change the way I think. Change the way that I'm, I'm, that my thoughts are going so that I can become the person you want me to become. Today, if that's you, would you, would you repeat this prayer with me? Just say this. Say, Father God, today I admit that I cannot do it without you. I need your help. Forgive me of my past of my choices, of my mistakes that have led me away from you. I invite you into my life today. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross and to give us an example of how to live. And thank you that he's alive today. Today I put my trust in you. Help me to become that new person you talk about. Transform the way I think. Help me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Scripture says that all of heaven celebrates when one person turns their life to God, to Christ, and says, God, I put my trust in you. So if you pray that prayer, all of heaven is celebrating with you. Our church is celebrating. I'm celebrating. Welcome to the family. You know, it's the, I think it's the greatest choice we can make by saying, God, I put my trust in you. So today as we end our service, if you said that prayer, do me a favor. At uh, some point today, would you go to our website? There's a connection card, and there's a, a box of checks saying, I made the decision today. If you'll check that box and send that in digitally, I'll send you a follow-up email, and I'll send you up some resources, digital resources, to help you on this journey. We'd love to come alongside you and partner to help you to become everything God wants you to become. So my prayer this week is that you would say, God, I, I surrender to you. I let you lead, lead my life.